Greetings to all of you. The name of this presentation is Developing a Close Bond with Christ, a step-by-step -step guide. Human beings by nature are social creatures. We thrive on relationships, all kinds. Relationships with our parents, siblings, spouse, children, co-workers. Well, you get the point. The relationship we often lose sight of is the one we have with God, the most important relationship there is. But we live in a world where most don't even know who God is, much less obey Him. So how do we truly get to know the one who created us, who died for us, and provides for us daily? Your personal relationship with Christ will help maintain you during good days and bad days in this life. And better than that, the bond you have with Jesus will help prepare you for eternal life. Here is a step-by-step -step guide. Step number one, read your Bible. Here are some scriptures to support this. Then said I, lo, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me. Psalms 40, verse 7. Seek ye out the book of the Lord and read. Isaiah 34, 16. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. 2 Timothy 2, verse 15. God has provided his holy word, that is, his commandments, testimonies, and everything we need to know to be saved in the Bible. These days, the Bible comes in all formats, whether hard copy or soft copy. Now, perhaps individuals in the baby boomer generation or prior might want to stick to their hard copy Bibles. And hey, that's okay. But for those who dare to venture out, the Bible is now on the internet, free of charge, or can be downloaded on your phone, iPad, or other electronic devices. What excuses do we have? I mean, really, one click of a button or turn of the page, and there the Word of God is. But seriously... All humor aside, studying the Bible is key to our salvation. It gives you hope. The plethora of self-help and inspirational books out there can't save you. Only God can, and you can reach Him in His Word. The Bible teaches us about the laws and how we must obey them. It teaches us our history and prophecies of salvation. It's like we have a piece of God in our hands, made possible because he loves his children. When we study the word, we do so in order to put in action what we have learned. In other words, the Bible is of no use to you if you don't apply its teachings. And you may not understand every single line. I know I don't. But you will understand what you need in order to be saved. That's a guarantee. The Bible has the power to change you into a new person. Now, each of us are responsible for our own actions. Therefore, we have to study the Bible on our own. We can't just wait until we are at church or depend on another individual to teach us. For we live in a day with mega churches where the preachers have become more like rock stars or hip-hop artists. They are more interested in wealth. While Christ healed and taught for free, many so-called religious religious leaders won't utter a word unless you can pay for them and their entire entourage. Preachers are now idolized. Pastor Brown said this, 
Well, the deacon told me this. But what about what God said in the Bible? What if you are being misled? Now, many might gainsay what I just said, arguing that the Bible was written by man and not by God. So how can one truly know what is the truth? But this is merely a convenient excuse to justify disobedience to God's commandments. It is true that the Bible was written by men, but these were holy men inspired by the Holy Spirit. These were not their own personal ideas, but the truth that came from God above. The men who wrote the Bible died, but God's word did not pass away. In 2 Timothy 3, 16-17, it states, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Therefore, you must learn about God for yourself, and the Holy Spirit will come to you and guide you to the right path. Now on to step number two. Pray to God. Here are some scriptures to support this. Pray without ceasing. Ceasing. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 17. Confess your faults one to another and pray for one another, that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. James 5 verse 16. Prayer is very serious and holy. It is often a private moment between you and God, but can also be shared with loved ones. This is the moment when you present your gratitude, supplications, and sorrows to the heavenly throne. And if done in sincerity, the Holy Spirit will take your prayer and bring it up as a sweet savior unto the Lord, making intercessions on your behalf. Reference scriptures for that is Romans 8, 26-27. It is by law that we communicate to the Lord through constant prayer, paying homage to his glory and greatness. Ephesians 6, 17-18 and Romans 12. 12. We cannot pray to God as we so choose because we are addressing an awesome being. The Lord has provided instruction on how we must pray daily. This is found in Matthew 6, 7 to 13. The Lord's Prayer acknowledges the holiness of God as well as make mention of our vital needs, including protection, forgiveness, mercy, and livelihood. Following the Lord's Prayer, we should present our own individual prayers both in the daytime and evening. If we remain in constant prayer, we will become active in our faith, creating an open line of communication between us and the Father. We know the power of prayer is truly undeniable. With this power, the afflicted can be healed, worldly temptations can be fought against, Forgiveness can be rewarded and blessings can be bestowed. And this power is made evident in his children, for we obtain comfort and peace in the knowledge that God will hear us. A reference scripture for this is James 5, 15-16. The Lord is moved by our pleas and will help us according to his will. Reference scriptures for this is Psalms 102, 17 and Proverbs 15, verse 8. You can always come to him, whether it is concerning spiritual matters or common matters, such as your job, school, family, and overall guidance. We do not pray for extravagant desires, but are moved and compelled by the Spirit to pray for what is necessary. We continue to seek the Lord through prayer, which will save us from death. 
Christ himself prayed to his Father, and now commands us to pray so that Satan might flee from our minds. Throughout the entire Bible, we are warned to remain in constant prayer and fasting. Praying is one of the many great weapons we utilize to fight against the devil's fiery darts. When you begin to pray, the Holy Spirit will enter into your mind, providing you with the strength to fight against this carnal flesh. Prayer will cause you to be mindful and active in the Spirit, leading you closer and closer to victory. Going without prayer is like walking through this world without your armor and weaponry, leaving you vulnerable to Satan's forces. We must never let go of prayer. It is a healing balm that helps us overcome, growing stronger and stronger day by day. Now on to step three, fasting. A scripture for this is, Therefore also now, saith the Lord, turn ye even to me with all your heart, and with fasting, and with weeping, and with mourning. Joel 2 verse 12. Fasting is the act of depriving yourself from food and water for a set period of time in order for you to meditate on the Lord. Though fasting is uncomfortable and sometimes unpleasant, God has instructed us to fast in the Bible. We afflict ourselves today, but we will rejoice in due time. Believe it or not, fasting helps you grow spiritually. It is during a physical fast that you are better able to concentrate on your spiritual condition and what steps you need to take to become stronger in your faith. Throughout the Bible, God's children fasted whether it was on an individual basis or with an entire group. Daniel 9.3 is a supporting scripture. At times, it was necessary to call for a special fast because of the situation that Israel was going through. An example of this is found in Ezra 8, verses 21 to 23. Our forefathers serve as an example to us. However, there is no better example that we have than in Christ. Our Savior, who is God, fasted and afflicted himself 40 days and 40 nights. This is found in Matthew 4.2. Let us be like Christ, who is perfect above all men, and fast according to his will. Fasting, if done correctly, will force you to eliminate all distractions and center your entire mind on God. What is so magnificent is that God's presence surrounds you. You can more clearly read your Bible or you may even feel compelled to write a class or a song. The most opportune time to fast is when you are at home in private. Let us be edified and see how Christ has instructed us to fast. You can find this in Matthew 6, verses 16 to 18. You decide how many hours you would like to fast. I personally choose not to watch TV or listen to the radio during my fast. This will distract me and place common and even unclean thoughts into my head. I open up my fast as I would open up my day by having a little worship session, which would consist of a song, prayer, and scripture reading. Throughout the duration of my fast, I will work on a song or class and close my eyes and meditate. You could try doing yoga, or maybe go for a light walk, walk, which can help you bring you into deeper thought on the Lord. It is okay to take a shower and put on clean clothes, just as Christ instructed us to do. What is important is that you continue to fast. Everyone's schedule and life is different, so you have to find a fasting schedule that works best for you. What is important is that you do it and do it regularly. Find a day and set a schedule, whether it is monthly, bi-monthly, or weekly. We fast because we must do so if we are to gain eternal life. 
Unlike the disciples, Christ is not on this earth walking with us. So we fast that we might be prepared for his coming as the disciples did fast when Christ left this earth. As we continue on this earth, we are still in a state of war. This is a battle against sin and death. Fasting enables us to fight and fight hard against Satan that we might win and be free. No matter how busy you are, you must do it. This is God's will, and we must align ourselves with his law so that it becomes a part of us. Now on to step four, singing praises. A scripture for this is, O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. This is Psalms 95 verses 1 to 2. God is omnipotent and great. His power is poured out onto this entire earth. He is worthy of acknowledgement and praise. We must glorify the Lord in all ways. Since the beginning of time, mankind, this entire earth, and the heavens have praised God. We continue to do so through music, poetry, and artistic expression. Praising God evokes such great emotions within us as we commune with the entire throne of God. It is his will that we praise his name and lift him up. No one can deny why worshiping the Lord is such a need, particularly through song. One is healed spiritually and your soul is comforted. Every time I feel real low, I get all my knees, I get all my knees. Every time I feel real, I get all my knees, I get all my knees. Every time he suffering your suffering every time he'll heal your pain every time he hears your suffering your suffering every time he'll heal your pain now we're trodden down with mountains to climb but through the spirit we'll make it somehow he takes his rod, supporting our faith. We have grown in truth, uplifted by grace. And with this feast, we'll conquer the flesh. We're not defeated, he'll guide every step. With every trial, although you feel faint, he'll lift you up with his wings on higher ground. Music can also teach you. It can teach you about the word of God. For example, 
Within this world, no words to comfort that weary soul. Oh, don't you know there's hope? True hope with God, He has the answers. You want to know? You have to seek Him. To know His word, you have to stop and listen. Let me tell you about the teaching. Of Jesus Christ, let me tell you how the Word of God can change your life. Let me tell you how He'll call you out of the dark. Oh, my brother, if you want it, then come seek it, and you'll see. Let me tell you about the teachings of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you how the Word of God can change your life. Let me tell you how He'll call you out of the dark. Oh, my sister, if you want it, then come seek it and you'll see. Well, if you want it, then come seek it and you'll see. Well, if you want it, then come seek it and you'll see. Well, if you want it, then come seek it and you'll see. And music can also be very prophetic indeed. For example, Israel, our heritage, Israel, our name. God is going to show us that it's not all in vain. I am a servant, a soldier of truth. My cup runneth over with tears. For all of the burdens of these years, but I will break, break through the clouds and warm your heart, your fears subside. The spirit flows throughout your soul, imputing truth. Preparing you, finding peace when sins unite, forgetting all those carnal eyes, anticipate a great reward, doing all we can to seek the Lord. We are able to tune Satan out when we begin to praise the Lord, and that is why we must do it every day. Spiritual songs should not merely be about an exciting beat, but provide a message reflecting God's truth. The popular trend for gospel music is to now imitate the sounds of rhythm and blues, jazz, rap, or pop music for the purpose of increasing their popularity and appeal. This is money-driven. It has nothing to do with God. If you can talk, you can sing. The Holy Spirit will take the song that you sing and perfect it, making it a sweet savior accept acceptable to God. If you have any questions regarding this presentation, please contact us via email at info at householdofisrael.org or you can contact us by phone at 219-949-9308. I hope you've enjoyed this presentation. May God be with you all. Amen.